1: Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI Podcast episode, I talk with Anna Mamalaki about an approach to people management to enhance performance. Anna Mamalaki, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
0: Glad to be with you, John.
1: It is a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from the Bay Area. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. Today, we're going to be talking about people management and performance management, and really an approach to people management that will allow us to maximize the potential of our people, enhance their performance, and help everyone to drive higher levels of success. As we get started, I wanted to share a brief bio for Anna and give her a chance to share anything else about herself with the audience that she would like. Anna Mamalaki is a seasoned organizational design transformation and people operations consultant out of the Bay Area. Anna, anything else you would like to highlight for the audience before we dive on in?
0: Well, uh, I believe that um, I've been in so many changes within organizations, and that is the thing that characterizes me. And combines the workforce strategy experience, and that makes it a little bit useful, especially in our era.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Excellent. All right, so let's dive on into the t- to the conversation today. Um, starting with just an acknowledgement that we are living in messy times. Uh, things are complicated, nuanced, complex, messy. Um, obviously the COVID pandemic threw a lot of wrenches in the works for a lot of organizations, for a lot of teams, for a lot of work design. Uh, but there, we, we're dealing with economic um, challenges. We're dealing with social upheavals. There's global conflicts. There's, I mean, there's all these things going on. And I don't really foresee the rate and pace of change slowing anytime soon. I, I think we're we're in it. Uh, we're going to continue to have to figure out how to navigate amidst these messy, choppy waters. So in this environment, what is your approach toward, as you think about just effectiveness and efficiencies within organizations amidst uncertainty, amidst the the messiness and the complexity?
0: Well, I would like to say that um, at these times, organizations really need to um, reframe uh, reconfigure and redesign things. So, but first of all, really reframe. They really need to see the big picture, how we would really optimize the work so that the combination of humans doing some tasks uh, while automation will be doing others will be done. They really need to see how they can revisit the way that they operate.
1: Yeah, we do. We need to revisit A lot of assumptions about the world of work, about how jobs are designed, about what organizational structures look like, um, hierarchies, flat organizations, spans of control, teams, self-directed teams, like all these things are all things that have to be re-evaluated. We have to challenge our assumptions about what has worked in the past and what would work in the future. Uh, We need to be thinking carefully about work design in terms of distributed work, remote and hybrid work. Uh, all of these things contribute to the the complexity and the messiness we're facing and then add on top of that disruptive technologies artificial intelligence generative ai that is going to disrupt a lot of industries and a lot of jobs it, it it's great for efficiency like when i think about enhancing performance and my effectiveness and efficiency as an individual performer if i can leverage technological tools and if i can leverage ai uh, whether it's in the creation of of a video or editing a video or or editing audio or or creating a um, uh, copy that can be utilized for various purposes or whatever. There's like so many different ways to utilize generative AI. And if I can lean into that and learn how to to leverage it, obviously it's going to enhance my performance. It's going to enhance my efficiencies and effectiveness. But it also has huge implications for the workforce. It has huge implications for members of my team. It has implications for how we interact with each other. Uh, All of this needs to be considered carefully.
0: And and if I I may add into that, we also need to know how we're going to add that and how this is going to be reflected in the way that uh, we uh, proceed with our processes, the way that we do our work every day. I've seen uh, transformations that they um, embrace technology, but without uh, um, reviewing how they do things. And uh, that is a complete disaster. It's like really adding a a department. um, It's like adding a a job role without revisiting your structure, without revisiting how you operate. Because when you put automation in the picture, Um, You really add things without um, restructuring how things are being done. Um, And um, that is a problem. And there are so many things that, uh, uh, as you say, that can be utilized, even robots that they can really become our assistants and they can do things even for employee engagement and very well.
1: Yeah, for sure. So automation in all of its forms uh, is something we have to continue to grapple with. And rather than just tacking on all these technologies endlessly to our whole uh, menu of different technological tools, we need to think carefully about how they integrate with the work that we do, uh, how, how it might transform our interactions with each other, how the work is designed, uh, what you know, how we hire, how we onboard, like all those things are, are connecting with and need to be fleshed out and thought through um, as we consider the shifting nature of work. So with all of that said, kind of as a foundational piece, I want to launch in then and really talk about your approach to people management uh, amidst this complex, messy world, mm-hmm. you know, with an ultimate goal that we want to have great teams. We want to have great organizations. We want to have high performing people. Um, how do we, how do we approach people management in this complex, messy world in such a way that we can enhance performance, enhance Uh, effectiveness and uh, competitiveness uh, within the team and and within, you know, the marketplace so that we can continue to drive and add value to the market.
0: I believe really culture is the king. Um, And uh, with that, I I mean a culture that has the adaptability uh, uh, ensures really quick adaptability to the people and an environment that people can really flourish, learn and grow. And um, these things, I mean, um, we don't find them that easy, and it's even more difficult when you have them to preserve them. Um, I know that I mean saying that it is important uh, to create an environment of trust, uh, um, it might sound uh, it might sound like a cliche, but um, it should be everywhere, it should be evident everywhere, just like oxygen. You might I mean in organizations, you don't really see it with your naked eyes, but when it's there, it's there and um there are techniques uh, really to uh, build and document the trust that uh, exists within the organization and that I believe uh, is the quintessential part um uh, that uh, uh, organizations need to, to to work around it and and for it We have been saying that many times that uh, employees, I mean, and associates uh, really need to know uh, your strategy. They really need to know where the ship is going. Uh, they really need to, to feel that there is transparency within the organizations uh, and there are no hidden uh, things. I mean, closed doors. Um, and I don't mean closed doors. I mean, come over and tell me the problem. It's never going to be solved. I don't mean that. Um, which happens? Uh, it happens a lot. Um, it, it is also very important people to feel that they can really, um, they're really empowered to do their work. They can really put their hands on a problem and, and solve it on their own. Um, uh, that they can really go further and beyond the, the things that they do. Um, is there really clarity on 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 the content of their work? Is there clarity on what success looks like in their work? Mm. Um, these are things that uh, can create trust. These are things that they can create a good culture. Um, also, I mean, and, and that is something that a lot of times it's, it's really not uh, not um, pay, not having the attention that it, it should have. Do, do really employees have to work around policies, technology tools, and work procedures to get things done? Because even if you have the best reward system, the best uh, um, offices, wonderful conditions, wonderful managers, um, all these things are happening, but really doing your work is bothersome. Mm-hmm. So these are things that um, we don't uh, uh, think often. Also, what are really the relationships over there within the work environment? Do people have these um, camaraderie um, um, do they really uh, create um, um, relationships that they can rely upon, even even in 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 their life outside of work? Um, what is the kind of feeling that the, uh, an employee has when they join the company? So, um, are these things uh, 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 being uh, 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 monitored? Uh, do the organization do something about it? And they can do things for all of this in a structured. And monitored way.
1: Yeah, well, and and let's note. I mean, in terms of performance metrics, we have KPIs and OKRs. Um, Every organization has some form of metrics that they utilize to evaluate the performance of people. Your point is: how often are we actually paying attention to what you and I would argue would probably be the most important metrics of all, and that is around the meaning, the purpose, the relationship building, the cultural components. Uh, how we communicate with each other. Some of those sorts of things, they're hard sometimes to, to wrap your head around how to measure them. Um, but how are we evaluating those components from a performance management and people management perspective? Uh, or are we just saying, eh, it's hard to measure. So we're just going to only focus on these other, you know, OKRs. And and then all of a sudden you end up, you you create a culture around what you measure. And if you're only measuring certain outputs, guess what? People are going to tend to focus on those outputs, sometimes uh to the detriment of the, the vision, the mission, the purpose, the, the, the desired uh culture that the leaders have in mind. Um, I, I think this happens all the time within organizations. Leaders want a a psychologically safe, healthy work environment. They want people to work together in teams and collaborate effectively. They want a a culture of innovation and inclusion and all the things like all the good things. I think most leaders want all of those things, but then they focus on what I would argue would be the wrong things that then divert people's attention away to things that um, don't necessarily matter as much. Now, Are performance, key performance indicators important? Sure. Do you need sales and revenue and you need to uh, be competitive in all those areas? Absolutely. But when you're taking care of your people and when you're monitoring the things that matter uh, and helping people to achieve in the areas that matter the most, those other metrics will take care of themselves. The other um, performance indicators related to output, sales, those sorts of things, that will improve. Uh, as a natural course of of the other efforts that are happening, so we we need to be careful and and not shortchange ourselves because of kind of a short sighted short termism um, approach to how we look at you know quote unquote performance management.
0: And if I may add on that, um, metrics are really important. And up to now, we're telling about uh, uh, talking about metrics really being set. Uh, towards the strategic direction, which is so important. Otherwise, they don't take us there. Also, to be tailored very much to the needs that we have for each department and very well to be tailored to the rewards that we're going to um, to offer to our employees so that uh, they become meaningful. Yet, there is one parameter that is being added. And metrics should be really um, tailored, most importantly, to the behaviors to the behaviors of the leaders um, and uh, also eventually to the people being led by the leaders. Um, And why I say that, uh, relying too much on the system mechanically and and not really having the right and genuine interest for the people, it will not lead us to what we really want. Because everything um, derives from having this genuine interest and care for the human being Mm -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And so it, it does, you know, flip flip our approach on its head a little bit when we think about performance management. Um, now, n- nothing we're saying is rocket science or like particularly innovative or brand new. Like these are the types of things I, you, and I have been talking about for a long time. That others in the field have been talking about for a long time. Yet, most organizations, if they have any sort of meaningful structured performance management process and a lot don't frankly, but if they do, then a lot of times they're focusing on things that perhaps are secondary output kind of things, as opposed to those elements that are really going to matter, like we've been discussing. So I think it's really important for anyone in the audience today to, to carefully consider, you know, what is, what does your current performance management approach look like, both in, in terms of the formal Policies, practices, and procedures around performance management, but also the more organic, unstructured, um, informal types of approaches that are embedded into the culture of your organization and into your team. What are the approaches that you take to coach and mentor your people to to help them maximize their potential, to empower them so they can do great stuff? What is and, your approach? Uh,
0: oh, go ahead. And if I may, John. Um, don't really over-rely on, 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 on performance management system if you don't have the other systems to support it. Mm. Um, I, I'm saying that, I mean, um, a lot of times I, uh, I've seen organizations having an OKR system over there without really having everything else intact. I mean, if mm-hmm. you really don't remove the, the blocks that are there for the people to do their work, how do you expect them really to achieve what is over there in the performance management system? That's why I believe that always having a a holistic approach, an organizational perspective approach. See all the enablers that are there. It's not just really that. It's not only your metrics. It's really how you operate. It's your whole operating model. What are the inputs that you put to do the work? What are the throughputs? What are the outputs? And all these transformation can really show you where the blocks are and start then um uh, delineating uh, uh the elements that can really unblock things so start scrutinizing what are the processes around that input what are the uh, who are the, the 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 actors who are those involved what is taking place what is really needed and um emphasize those areas that you really care more about and they are strategically important so you don't need much of a time if you do that because you will be focused uh, in in the analysis of of your uh, blocks, and you will mm-hmm. be focused on on tackling them.
1: Yeah, and those blockages. I mean, that that really is such an important thing. I, I know for me personally, I'm just going to speak for myself anecdotally. Um, like 90 percent of my frustrations in the workplace, anything that is demotivating, anything that is frustrating, that just gets me riled up. It's it's these these barriers and blockages that may have served a purpose at some point in time. They made their way into policies, practices, procedures. There's some sort of systems constraints. I get it. I get those things all exist in any organization, in any team I get in any process or system, those things are going to exist. Um, but so many of those things become legacies and they just self-perpetuate. And then you, you end up with this whole pile of stuff that just it's not helping anybody. It's just restricting the ability to do your work and then you spend 80% of your time trying to navigate, you know all of that instead of just doing the work. Uh, and so that is it gets so frustrating um, to do that. Let's let's as leaders, let's help clear the way for our people. Uh, if you want to in- increase productivity of your team, one of the best things you can do is clear the path, get all that rubble out of the way, get all the blockages out of the way so that they can just do what they do best. Um, there, they, You'll immediately see performance increases and productivity increases that are very significant just through that alone. Um, and people will be less frustrated um, because of the, you know, just the natural frustrations that come about because of those types of things.
0: And um and, uh, oh. In, in order really to have the perfect recipe over there, because what we described is the, the catastrophe recipe. I mean, you, you hire a talent and you really diminish its value by yeah. throwing a, uh, the, the talent into a system that does not work. That is yeah. the perfect way to diminish the value of a talent. So uh, a good recipe is really providing the conditions that you're just describing and adding really the path uh, that uh, the talent needs in order to grow. Uh, because all these wonderful things, a wonderful work environment, a good performance management system, um, uh, uh, processes that really work, an operating model that it is meaningful will not mean anything to any talent if there is no, not an open path for that to, to grow and flourish. Because it's not what I know today, um, that's what the, an employee or associate thinks, it's what I will know tomorrow and how this will be useful to me and my career. So do you have explicitly really laid out, uh, um, and I'm not talking about the old thing. I mean, you're going <clears> to <throat> become that one in, in that many uh, amount of years. You're going to do that one. No, I'm talking about how you offer the opportunity to people to be exposed to new skills, to new knowledge and and grow their expertise. And this expertise growth is leading uh, to an advancement. It's It's been leading really to Job changes; it's leading to job growth, um, and um, that needs to be explicit and laid out for the employees from day, not one minus ten. <laughs> so, uh, yes, even yes, and that's why I advise that when you you start really the the um, 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 requisition process, uh, the requisition process, and 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 you start really and you made the offer letter. So the work of onboarding starts uh, at that day. You onboard the person by the day that accepted the work. You start offering opportunities for knowledge and skills from that day. And when they come over to 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 uh, fulfill the role, uh, they already have a very good idea and they're already hooked with the company and uh, what they will be doing.
1: Yeah, yeah. You make some really, really great points. Uh, and I love... The the minus ten comment uh, when we're onboarding people. Uh, so often we we aren't even ready when they come in person. They show up to the office and they still you're not ready to to give them a good experience and to onboard them effectively. And the reality is you need to start way sooner than that uh, to help people have a good experience. So all really really good points. Anna, this has just been a great conversation. I know at the time I'm going to need to let you go here in a few minutes, but before we wrap things up for today. I just wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, and then give us the final word on the topic for today.
0: Well, first of all, people can connect uh, with me on LinkedIn. Um, they can find my name. My first name is Anna. My last name is Mamalaki, And um, um, that is, I believe one of the best ways to find me. Um, there is a website as well, but I mean, LinkedIn is uh, ubiquitous everywhere. So um, I would like very much to play emphasis on um uh, not just really care about um, how we can improve things, but how we can holistically improve things, Think the big picture, uh, see the employee as a system o- on its own, and then combine that system with your organizational system and find the connecting points, integrate the human nature and do it in an automated way. That is, that is the winning, that is the winning uh, uh, attitude
1: holistic, systematic approaches, yeah. always super important. This has been a fascinating conversation, Anna. Thank you so much. I encourage the audience to reach out get connected, find out more about what Anna can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. You enjoy the human capital innovations podcast. Enjoy ad-free listening